Hey there, Lusketeers. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Levi. My name is Jenny. Are you a robot? <laughs> uh, we're your hosts Some on this days, uh, episode of Hey, It's the Luskos, and we're really excited that you would be listening. Thanks for, in this new year, including Happy us in your new plans. Because you could have made your New Year's resolution to not listen to our podcast anymore. Oh. And you didn't, and we appreciate that. What would that. that be? That wouldn't be a New Year's resolution. It'd be a New Year's resignation. Wow, Jenny, that is great. Well, thanks for not making that your New Year's resignation. <laughs> uh, but here you are, and here we are, and we're excited. We're not going to abuse the privilege. Uh, today, especially, I would say this episode is one, I'm going to make a promise right out the gate, that if you're a parent, you're going to want to listen to with a close ear. I'd say if you're a parent, I'd say if you're an aunt or an uncle, I'd say if you're a grandparent, okay. I'd say if you are in the sphere of leading kids or students of any age. I, I see feel you like... Enneagram 9 trying not to dis- exclude anybody. <laughs> but I honestly, I, if, this if, is you're, such... if you have a parrot, if you <laughs> no. have a, a gopher, you're like, everybody can listen. No, I was very specific with my parameters. parameters. But this is such an inspiring That's right. conversation. And this really, I t- actually, I personally took a few pages of notes because I was just so mm-hmm. blessed by this woman, Jenny Urich. And, uh, you are going to be blessed. Yeah. She is on a quest to um, have parents rethink how time is spent Mm -hmm. and screen time versus outdoors time. Yeah. She'll give in the episode the statistics, but most kids spend very few uh, hours outside a week, minutes a day. It's Mm -hmm. shocking, especially if you live in a cold place where you're going from car to garage to house to house to garage to car to Target to church to school to Target to church to house. You could spend only four to five minutes, I think she says, per day outside. Mm-hmm. Even recesses are indoors. And she says, it's, she's on a quest to say, hey, what if every year your kid spends a thousand hours outside? Yeah. Which you'll hear my bad math. I don't realize that. I think that's per lifetime, but it's not, not, it's it's okay. not year zero to 18. It's a thousand per year. Yeah. And by the time your kid graduates, they would have spent 18,000 hours outside with you. Even as a baby playing with leaves and grass, right? It seems so dumb and comp like, like, oh, obvious, not dumb, but like obvious. Yeah. Except we don't do it. Mm-mm. Our kids sit inside. Like I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Our kids were in the garage and they were outside today. They might not have spent even one minute outside yet today. No, not today. I mean, today I specifically said, hey, when you're done with this, I want you to play outside. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm thinking of my on my watch. Oh. On my watch today. No, but you get the kids outside. I know, but all I'm trying to do- Our kids are outside mostly because of you. I'm not wanting to start a fight. <laughs> I'm just trying to say it's easy- It is easy. To be indoors all the time. Yeah. But how good is it to be outside? So good. And she knows her stuff. Jenny, Jenny Urich is a, has a master's degree in education. She's uh, also lives in a cold weather state, the state of Michigan. She says she's a lifetime Michigander. Uh, and that's brutal winter. Which is real winter. So if she can do it, anybody can mm-hmm, do it. Mm-hmm. She's got her hands full. They've got five kids, uh, her and her husband, Josh. Uh, we tell the story of how we met. It's a very funny story. We'll not spoil it, but this was a, a funny world colliding thing. Mm-hmm. And she's got a, a number of books. The newest, of course, is Until the Streetlights Come On, mm-hmm. which is a great idea of like how you used to say, go play outside. When do I have to come in? When the streetlights come on. Mm-hmm. But until then, stay outside. Yeah. And so she's 
going to give us very actionable, very uh, metric, the, 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 the data that backs it up as to why you as a parent should try and get your kids outdoors more. Yeah. And she'll give the caveat, you might live in an apartment. It's still doable. You might not have blah, blah, blah. It's still doable. Yeah. And this is something we can all do in this new year. Like, okay, maybe you didn't make the resignation to stop listening to our podcast, but you can say, hey, I want my kids to be off screens and outdoors, playing with grass and leaves and bugs and getting dirty and all the things uh, more often. Yeah, I love it. I I'm I love this. Make some mud pies, people. Uh, yep. All right. Listen and enjoy. Uh, by the way, if you haven't gotten your five-gallon bucket, we do have the Hayes Telesco's five-gallon buckets. These exist, people. Oh, I could promote some outdoor it time. It is being handed to me from mysterious hands off camera. Here it is. Hey, this could promote outdoor learning You want to talk about outdoor play? Give your kids a Hayes Lesko's five-gallon bucket. See what they do with patent it. Patent pending. LeviLesko.com, JennyLesko.com. No, but... You could see how what they do with it. Like, just literally put it outside and just see. See what and, happens. See what happens. See, see, just, Let them run wild in their know, imagination. They, their bodies know just what to do with it. <laughs> uh, we do mail these literally as you see them. We put the mailing label right over here and with a sticker that protects it. We tape down the handle. This is going to show up in your mailbox literally as is. And it's green, people. It's not blue and orange. Anybody could have a blue and orange one. Kelly Green. Kelly Kelly Green? It's Kelly Green. It Shamrock is? Green. Oh. This is Leprechaun Green. It's a beautiful green. Yeah, it's nice. Like your eyes. <laughs> not not <laughs> at all. Not all right. Enjoy this conversation <laughs> with Ginny Urich. Ginny Urich. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, church, church. I got yeah. the ch sounds. Yeah, Jenny mm-hmm. Urich. It's funny because I always like when I'm messing around, we'll call Jenny my Jenny, Jenny, and yeah, you're really like, a Jenny. Like you're like down, really like from down south, Jenny, Jenny. Uh, but yeah. you really are. And is that your given name or is that? No, um, it's short for Virginia. I was named after my grandma, Jenny Urich. Uh, we met in Moab, Utah. Uh, Lennox and I were on a Hummer sunset cruise that you and your daughter were on and you were sitting behind us. I've never heard anybody yelp, holler, uh, <laughs> scream. Like I, I told Lennox, Lennox goes, hey, what are you doing today? I go, we're recording a podcast. Oh, you know the lady we're speaking to. She's an author and podcaster, but she was on that um, that that sunset cruise. Do you remember the the woman with her daughter who kept making all those noises when the, when the Hummer kept tipping over? And he goes, oh yeah, dad. She was very dramatic. <laughs> so that's how we met. I was fairly freaked out. I'm with that wasn't you. the worst of it, though. I had to do this canyoneering, which I thought would be no problem. I thought it'd be no problem, I guess, to walk over the side of a cliff and just, you know, work your way down on a rope. And that <laughs> that was even worse. I mean, <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I had to be lowered down. And the guide said that they had never heard anyone quite like that before. So yeah, you know, that's cool. You were, you yes. became, cause it was like this, you know, it's a funny thing. Like uh, when you do something with a whole group of strangers, that's kind of intense together yeah. because there's like an interesting emotional melding that happens. And you kind of, every once in a while look up and go like, what if this turns into a crisis? Who would be the one to lead? Who would be the one to be a cannibal? Who would be the I, one who like carried out? Can somebody carry me out? <laughs> but what was funny was you oh, sort me. of, you're, vocalizations yeah. like where, where everybody was feeling on the inside 
<laughs> because these Hummers go like up a vertical rock and then down oh a vertical rock. And like up on one tire. They would lift the other tigers oh. off. Yeah. And we're hanging out on these seatbelts, but like flying around. And mm-hmm. everybody kind of like laughed when you would make your noises, but it was like <laughs> almost like we were all too scared to do it. So we were happy you were doing it for us. So <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you yeah. are our emotional conscience. <laughs> that is my service uh... to the world. <laughs> but then we were sitting there eating Rice Krispie treats, watching the sunset. Uh-huh. And we were all sort of like, well, what do you do? What do you, what do you, who, who, you know, and it was funny. You and I both discovered we both a podcast mm-hmm. and we both are authors. Mm-hmm. And it was such That's a funny, amazing. like, how do you meet a Christian author podcaster on the side of a mountain in the middle of nowhere with our kid? It was such a funny thing. And so anyhow, since then I went on your podcast, Thousand mm-hmm. Hours Outside. And uh, now here we are. We're glad to have you on. Jenny, it was so cool because Lennox was like, yeah, my dad's only written eight books. (laughs) Yeah. He said it really shameful. Like, yeah, she was, you're an author? And he goes, yeah, but my dad's only written eight books. I was like, sorry, dad. Sorry. Sorry, boy. I'll get on that. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh, Lennox. But then when I was hearing about what you were doing, because I was like, what do you do next? Because we were just going to go speak at a concert, then go home. That was our our one fun thing we tagged on, which is kind of my habit. Like if I do a speaking engagement, I'll bring a kid or a spouse with just my one. Just (laughs) one of the spouses. (laughs) A kid or a spouse. I pick through my my harem of spouses, pick one of them. Pick pick the best spouse. I go, hey, Jeannie, Jeannie, get on a... And um, do something fun, like because if they're going to sit backstage in a a conference or an event or whatever, I'm going to tag on something fun. And when we realized that Moab was so close, that's how we picked that. But you were going from there to do a whole full blown like get on a kayak, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was um, like a, a river rafting trip. And you went down the Green River, which is in Desolation Canyon. What a name. And wow. it's a five-day trip you can do as young as age five. And so whole families will come. You're on the river for five days. The cell phone doesn't work. And you stop for meals and you camp. You sleep in tents at night. You pack it all up in the morning. You pee in a bucket that's called a groover, like wow. along the river. The biggest thing was when it ended, because I was like, oh, how are they going to do the bathroom? Like, I don't really know. And they would set this toilet up down. You'd have to walk and you'd have to grab this little uh, seat cushion that would show that someone was using it. And you would sit and go to the bathroom watching the river go by. Occasionally there'd be a raft. So that was super <laughs> awkward. But when we got While back- While you're we just went, going to the bathroom, people go by, you're like, hi, how are you? Wow. <laughs> What's up? Oh so God. then we got back to the hotel and I was like, this is really boring. I don't want to go to the bathroom in this boring room. I want to be out on the river. So I went with my oldest daughter. She was 13 at the time. We bonded. We had such a phenomenal time. I cannot wait to go back. You take this little prop plane- they fly you out there like a little six-seater, drop you off, and you spend five days on the river. Just wow. that time together, no electronics. It was phenomenal. Wow. Wow. And that was with that same company, Moab Adventures, right? Yeah, Moab Adventure Center. And they have trips, I think, all over the country because they have this Western River Expedition. So you can, with the same company, do the same trip like in the Grand Canyon. Or you had talked about a different one, right, Levi? You guys have We done did one. one in Montana on the Lewis and Clark journeys, but not um, – not the bathroom was not that spicy. Ours had pit toilets, so we were using the bathroom. They had rattlesnake signs up everywhere. Beware of rattlesnake, which is like my greatest fear. Did you see snakes on your trip? No, no snakes. 
Mm-mm. Oh, we, I don't. I mean, we didn't really see hardly any wildlife. We saw some cows. Yeah, that's that's not bad. <laughs> kind of random. Are, snakes are my big that's fear. Not bad. Now, in, in Utah desert, I would think snakes would be everywhere. Yeah, I didn't see one. Just a lot of lizards. It was phenomenal. When you go to bed, you see the entire Milky Way. We slept out the last night. We slept under the stars and shooting stars. Just it was a life changing trip. All of it, including including the the Hummer thing was. A place called Devil's um, <laughs> had a name. Dev- Hell's Revenge. It was called Hell's <laughs> Revenge. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Lennox and I were like, "What do we do?" And I was like, "I Google's like, oh, this looks awesome." And like, part of it was what was still available because it was a last minute ad. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Sunset tour on a Hummer." And then I read the fine print. It said, "At Hell's Revenge." I was like, "Hell's <laughs> Revenge." That sounds terrible. When did, why is Hell getting? Why does Hell have revenge? You know, it shouldn't be allowed. Uh, but that was really wonderful, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that life you never forget it. And I mm-hmm. thought it was very cool that you do the one fun thing with your kids and your your spouse, your children, and my spouses. When you travel, I that really impressed upon me that. Even when you are so busy, you are traveling however many weekends, however many days a year, and you're a pastor. Pastors are always inundated with things and meetings and people and issues, and you're still prioritizing making memories with your family. I thought that was really mm. exceptional. And I love your books. I, I'm going to hop on. I, I have them here. I have four. These are my Aww. four. Look at Oh, so look cool. it. I That's can't even, so I can't do it right. I can't. You did it great. You did it great. Don't they look good together? They do Jenny, we, um, one of the things that we have adopted in our family, we, we've got five kids. So, we, you know how it is. You, we got kids. Things are stressful. Yes. You guys have way more going on. And we've adopted the good times, which was in one of these books where when you're like really at the end of your patience and your frustration, and then you look at your spouse, you look at your kids, and you just say, good times. And it changes the whole thing. It's so funny. That is so good. And it's kind of a substitute for whatever other word you might want to say. Like the dishwasher's (laughs) broken. It's a Navy SEAL thing, which is such a funny Mm -hmm. thing. that That's like their Navy SEAL way of saying, okay, everything's hit the fan, but we're choosing to reframe this cognitively. But this is not about my books. This is about your books, Jenny. You're our guest (laughs) today. But I do do like your books. I just want to say they are phenomenal. And our kids, I will say that our they're, my youngest daughter is seven, and she brings these devotional books to me all the time. They are a preference of hers. And I think that is really a testament because you got a home. Some people have a lot of books and some people have less, but we have a home with a fair amount of books. And so let's say she has 300 titles she could choose from. I mean, that's a lot. And she yeah. comes to me with with these. And that's, that's what sweet. she wants to read. And every night, and we, got, we gave this to our niece who absolutely loves learning about space and mm. so they're f- just fantastic to have in your home we're like a line i guess we're on a podcast so i guess i should say what i have <laughs> i should oh, say well, the people word can watch it too jenny we're, we're recording video too so <laughs> no, people can't yeah. see it on on youtube we're like no, a lion marvel at the moon yes yeah. no but jenny you're so right because um levi does prioritize uh moments and family and in the midst of um scheduling and meetings and busy and preaching and everything. He, he loves prioritizing this. And it seems like you're the same. It seems like that's something that really is important to you. And I, I, I'd love just to kind of hear like, 
um, what the, how that started for you. And let me real quickly, before you answer that, say your oh, yeah. newest book is, since you were so gracious to plug my books on our podcast, um, <laughs> everyone's listening is like, wow, this is just awful. You're good just one. gratuitous good here. One, Levi. Um, as though I put you up to that. I, that was not <laughs> staged. Not. I just, that I was wanna, sweet. But I do think that people should come on your podcast and promote your books because it's mm. weird to be a self-promoter. And I want to come on and just say <laughs> that these books have touched me and mm. they clearly have touched my kids and we have taken things from them into our day-to-day life like the whole story is about you talked about being grumpy and you would go to art class and then you would come out of art class and not be grumpy and this whole thought of mm. we can't really talk ourselves out of those states sometimes that we can do things that bring us life and so Often you're talking to other people, so you're promoting their stuff. So I want to come on. These are people that adore you. And so they, mm. sh- hopefully, they already have them, but they should have your books because oh, so they're very meaningful and all the way down to the kids, 90 Devotions, You're Never Alone, and God's Majestic Universe. I mean, come on, every I family. Mean, well, I'm jealous now. Isn't she? Now imagine her like screaming for joy. <laughs> you're, my, you're my person, though, no, no. because I am very much like, Anything that I go through, like, you know, because it comes out of my Jenny, mouth. we need to plan an adventure <laughs> together because Jenny Lusco on a roller coaster is you. <laughs> is you. It doesn't matter how dumb the roller coaster is. She is you. Like Goofy's flight school at Disneyland. Like nothing, right? But is you. So you two together, oh. would I would probably they should name a roller pants. coaster after us. I think. It should be the Jenny and Jenny, Jenny and Jenny, roller coaster, and and everyone just would just pee their pants around you because it would just be so funny. I'm not joking. <laughs> what if that was our goal? Just yeah, it's our goal. No, pants. we should we should <laughs> strategize an adventure. I actually have that goal. I think if you can be so funny that someone pees their pants, you have hit the big time. That is yes. like the, the utmost. Big time. That is the utmost goal is to get I someone to pee. It. No, we'll Go have girl. to do maybe the Grand Canyon or one of these adventures. We'll do it. We'll do it with Taylor sometime. Yeah. Um, okay. So your newest book is Until the Streetlights Come On, How to Return, mm-hmm. How a Return to Play Brightens Our Present and Prepares Kids for an Uncertain Future. This mm-hmm. is your newest book, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But I wanted to start really at the beginning, uh, which is for you, The Thousand Hours Outside imprint, yeah. which mm-hmm. is more than a book. It's kind of your your story. It's, it's Mm -hmm. your podcast. It's your message. It's your, if you had one billboard Mm -hmm. to put up in the world, it would be that message. But Mm -hmm. explain that for those who don't understand the premise or aren't familiar with the whole idea of a thousand hours. Mm -hmm. I think that we live in a way that sacrifices today for the sake of tomorrow. And we do that for our kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we do it intentionally. I think we do it because we're told that that's what we're supposed to do. And The message of the book and really the message of 1,000 Hours Outside is a message of hope that we can slow down. We can do less. And in doing that, we really gain more. Our lives are more fulfilling. And that's what prepares kids for tomorrow. That's what prepares us for tomorrow. That's what you're doing. You live it fully today and tomorrow takes care of itself. So my story is that I was an awful mother. When I first became a mom, I was expecting to soar high. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to be so good at this. And I was not at all. (laughs) I struggled. I really struggled. I expected to have a schedule and it was all going to work this way. And I I mean, I had it... (laughs) I had it timed down to these two-hour time blocks. I can't even. I look like, what in the world? I was like, during the 8 o'clock hour, and then during the 10 o'clock hour. 
That's first well, mom. That's, hey. that's 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 first child bomb behavior. Because like by your fifth child, you're like maybe Thursday. I don't know. <laughs> well, what was the bill? I was like, this does not work. I thought other people did it. There was books about it, and yeah. so I was just floundering. I mean, floundering mm. from day one. I had gone to. I mean, I was a teacher, so you know, so I was like, oh, a super successful teacher. But I like kind. I liked it, and I liked the kids, and I get good feedback from the parents. And so I, I'd gone from this career. And then two days later, I have this baby and I, what? Like, he's just crying. The, the nurse, the <laughs> lactation consultant, she says to me, he has a voracious appetite. I was like, he's two hours old. Like, what, what are you talking about? So like, all he did was nurse and he was just huge. <laughs> He did look like he was going to pop out of his skin. He was taller than me by the time he was 10. So this is huge baby. And I am just exhausted. And then we had a couple more kids. But even just the first one, I'm, I'm just like, I'm drowning. And my husband has a normal work day, but he had a commute. So he's gone for 10 hours. I, this is so long when you haven't slept. And what do you, what do, you do? So I would take the kids to all these different programs because that's what everybody else did. And they were kind of awful. Like, I'm sorry to the librarians, but I don't. Um, my kids don't want to sit for 45 minutes and then they didn't want to do the craft and then they'd fight over the toys. And I would be, I mean, like, I am done. And it would be 11 a.m. Like, oh my goodness. I, w- I wouldn't even drink water. Like, you're drinking your Waterloo. I, like, I wouldn't drink anything because I would think, heaven forbid, I have to go to the bathroom. Seriously, what do you do with so three real. kids and you have to go to the bathroom? So I spent so my real. whole early childhood drowning. And then... And then I went to MOPS one day, another program. You're supposed to drop your kid off at the thing for two hours. There's babysitters. And they'd always bring mine back. (laughs) 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 Oh, so I'm at MOPS and my friend says to me, she says, Charlotte Mason says kids should be outside for four to six hours whenever the weather is tolerable. I was like, huh? (laughs) What? Four to six hours. Um, I never heard of this. My kid can't even pay attention to anything for more than 10 minutes. What are they going to do for four? This is ridiculous. And she didn't even tell me that Charlotte Mason is from the 1800s. <laughs> uh, she would have told me. I'd be like, no, okay, never mind. I don't, you I don't thought she was some that. like contemporary parenting expert. <laughs> I know people named Charlotte. You don't know, you know people named Charlotte from the 1800s. Oh so then I'm thinking this is, a, this is a ridiculous idea. No one would ever do that the kids I'll, I'll make them a whole it's homemade play-doh it's got wildflowers in it they'll play with it for six minutes they'll be all over them and they're done so and the kids can't do anything for four hours so then but i didn't say it out loud because i wanted to have a friend <laughs> so i just thinking in my mind this right, is absurd right. this is absurd. then she says well do you want to try it oh i was like no <laughs> try that have you been to the library program this will be like the library program like six times longer but i didn't say that either because i wanted to have a friend so i agreed to go i'm I'm gonna go i'm gonna go so in 2011 in the fall in september of 2011 i met with a friend at a park this is a park no play structure it's like grass (laughs) <laughs> what are we going to do? She said, don't bring anything. Bring just a, a picnic lunch and a picnic blanket. 
I was thinking, well, we need more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should I bring a craft kit? You know, I, I could bring uh, like our water table. <laughs> like, what should I bring? They're like, no, don't bring anything. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to crash and burn. And it was this grassy area. There was a very shallow creek that went through, so it was safe. And I tell you what, Levi and Jenny, it turned out to be the best day of my life. Wow. I tell people because it was the first good day I had as a mom. Jeez. Wow. I not had one. I not had one. Our oldest was three. What happened mm. was I sat on this picnic blanket next to a friend, got to have conversation. We each had a baby. So the babies would nurse and sleep, play with the grass, sit on the blanket, watch the leaves. It's like God's mobile. They just move. I mean, there's always stuff, the clouds. And the older kids, we each had two older ones that were kindergarten, preschool, toddler age. They just ran around. I don't know. I have no idea what they did. They ran around for four hours. They come back and get food. And for the first time as a mom, I could exhale. I could catch my breath. And we left at one o'clock. We packed up and they all fell asleep on the way home, which was a miracle, a miracle. I drove around for hours. (laughs) It's like gas was cheaper. So, and then all of a sudden it's four o'clock and my, you know, Josh is coming home soon. And So we changed life immediately. And it was really at the beginning, just for my own mental health, I thought, well, if I am more present, I'm going to be a better mother. But what I have learned over the last decade plus is that when we let our children play, especially outside, play freely, safely, that it helps them in every facet of their development. It's helping their cognition, their neural wiring. It's helping their physical bodies to down to their eyesight and their bodily systems that connect with the sun's rhythms. It helps them emotionally. It helps Mm. their social skills immensely. And God gave us his spiritual principles on full display through creation. And so Mm. it gives your children, when you walk by the way, it gives you time to talk about the lilies of the field and the morning glories. And in the morning, we lay our requests before and we wait in expectation. It gives all of this opportunity to teach our kids. You reap what you sow. All of these hands-on things that God has given us, you are a new creature in Christ. I mean, we we raise monarch butterflies. And Mm. what, I mean, how cool is it that God took a green caterpillar with stripes and it turns into an orange flying thing that can taste with its feet. Well, I mean, if what you, is this? If no you one do could it come right. up with if, that. If you do it, promise me later on in the conversation, you'll ask Jenny about our butterfly growing <laughs> oh, experience. Lord, but, but, but please continue before we tell you this warped and demented story. <laughs> I, do, but, I love warped and demented. Yeah. But, but when we do that, and so here the it. pressure's off. The yoke is easy. The burden is light. We don't have to be in a rat race of childhood in order to prepare our kids for their future. And that is the message of the book. And it's the message of 1,000 Hours Outside. If we prioritize hands-on living, 1,000 Hours Outside comes from that weird Charlotte Mason, the pediatric occupational therapist who are saying three hours a day-ish is the ideal time for kids to play outside. But they're really only outside for four to seven minutes on average, four to seven hours on screens. And we're trying to bring back balance between nature time and screen time. And so it's a marriage Mm. of those three things. And even if you don't hit that number, even if you just are more intentional about living in a hands-on way, it's going to solve a lot of the modern parenting problems that we have. Wow. Wow. four to seven minutes is the number Mm -hmm. for the average child outside per day? Yeah. Gosh, because yeah, you're right. You're getting in the garage, into the the car, you know what I mean? In the car and things. So it's like... 
it's just not outside a lot. Mm. But if you do three three hours a day, that adds up to a thousand by the time they're eighteen. Is that the deal? No, it's a thousand a year. We're trying to do oh. a thousand a year. Oh, well, that's that's much better. Okay. A thousand hours per year. That per makes year, much more year. sense. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Very good. That was great. I loved it. All well, right. Good I mean, it's, it's it's probably still better than than not, right? I mean, yes, yes, it is. And that is what we say. I mean, this is this is about how we use our time. And I have mm. actually been living this way for a long time. And for the first five to seven years, every single person, including my friends told me that this was the most outlandish, ridiculous idea they'd ever heard. And then a couple people actually did it. I remember the first day, because I would always use hashtag 1000 hours outside. It's like my own hashtag. It was basically like my family story, right? I just <laughs> click on it. Like, you're like, you know, you'll give your Lusco if you have your own hashtag. It's like, this, it's your own things. And yes. then one day, someone else <laughs> used it. And I was like, oh, and over the years it has caught on. But the premise is that we have to fill our life with what we want to fill it with first and leave the leftover time for screens. That's the message mm. I want my kids to take into life. And we have to fight for balance because the screen culture is addictive. It's meant to be that way and it sucks us in. And then we yeah. find that we are unfulfilled. We aren't growing. We're really struggling as human beings. We're not connecting relationally. And so if yeah. we put out in front of us a goal for hands-on living, it changes the game even if you don't hit the goal. Wow. This Beautiful. is really good stuff. Beautiful. Did you want to say something about that? I just, I think that that is incredible. And I love that your, um, your heart for this is obvious and clear mm -hmm. and overflowing. And I love that it came from a, a struggle that you had. And I think that that's just so, um, even that alone is so helpful for, for us. And I, I imagine for our listeners who in the struggle that they have, just believing that there's, um, there's hope in it. There's life in it. There's possibility for, for God to redeem and to give vision and life and purpose. And so, um, thank you for sharing that. I think that that just opens up like a whole new world for, for us as parents, just to remember that, um, that there's more, there's more for mm -hmm. us as parents, there's more for our kids. And, um, it's beautiful. And even just what you're saying about like how they kind of like clicked in at the creek that day, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you, of course, if you hand a child an iPad, they're going to sit there with it like a zombie. But if same way, if you hand an adult an iPhone, right. But if they're presented with this incredible, like you got a, a creek running, they're probably putting leaves in it and chasing them down and making little boats and being pirates and splashing. And right. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like you're deep down, you're hardwired to know what to do with that. And so you're right. almost like letting these things that otherwise would be dormant, which probably I would imagine you've got some research on like the connection to anxiety and mm. childhood depression and obesity connecting to some of that stuff not happening mm -hmm. versus these these artistic, creative, almost uh, imagination-driven yeah, things that imagination. get opened up, right? Yeah. Well, it's, and it's therapeutic, isn't it? And you talked about that in your book, that when we live in this hands-on way, it changes things. They say that when you work with your hands, it releases dopamine in your brain. So that's not scrolling on your iPhone. That's mm. building something with sticks. That's sewing. That's doing mm. artwork. That's splashing in the puddle. And all of that sensory input is helping you to live this better, more fulfilling life. And there was this yeah. really cool study that came out, actually, NASA did. So NASA is trying to... Now you're determine. Talking. They're trying to determine. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Here goes the NASA study. <laughs> They're trying to find the 
the creative geniuses. That's the plan. So I've got this company, huge amount of employees. Who is creative? Who can come up with innovative solutions? And they test the whole company and the test works and they find a couple people that pass the test. Well, then they take the test and it was a pretty simple test to give, apparently. They give the test to kindergartners. 98% of the kindergartners qualified as creative geniuses. 98%. Wow. We're killing that. We are, wow. we are taking that from them because the numbers just drop, 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 drop as people get older throughout childhood mm. and into adulthood. And these numbers drop. And so we have these kids that are hardwired to be innovative people. And we live in a world that is changing so fast. So we cannot use old approaches to prepare our kids for a world that's changing quickly. So here's a change. I think a lot of people in generations past had a job that lasted their whole lifetime. They would graduate from high school, they would graduate from college, and they would enter a career path that would take them to retirement, and then that was it. And they would have similar things that they would do every day. Maybe you work your way up and it changes slightly, but the skill set would stay in the coworkers. They stay, I mean, you have, it's just similar. Hmm. But the average kid today coming into adulthood will have four different jobs within the first decade of life. So we got to have kids that can be quick on their feet and that Mm. can adapt and that are resilient and that have grit and that can take risks and that are creative. And none of those things happen at a desk. They happen when we're out living life. They happen when we're on hell's revenge, right? They happen when we're apparently (laughs) killing caterpillars, whatever you guys are doing. (laughs) Some sick things happening. I will say, you know, hearing you talk about this, like it's very clear, you know, your stuff. And I know I happen to see that you have a master's degree in education. So like you understand what you're talking about from a different perspective, both clinically, academically, and also, you know, having been in the experience of being a teacher, but it kind of all broke loose when you kind of started this experiment. I guess I'm curious when you stumbled upon that wonderful day, it's like, that's awesome. But like, I, I imagine that first year, there was still some bumps and, and, and twists and turns, you know, getting to a whole, a whole thousand hours that first year, right? Yeah. And I wasn't paying attention to the time at all. We lived. So what happened was for about two years, we had a group of four or five moms who were willing to also live that way. So we would look for the most tolerable weather because that was part of that caveat from that lady from the 1800s, four to six hours a day, whenever the weather is tolerable, which is an important caveat. If you got a two month old and it's below zero. I mean, you're not going to go outside for four hours. And similar, if you live in Arizona, I mean, it's 120 degrees. You're going to, that's why we're looking at it as a year, as a whole. Can we have this year infused with hands-on living? And so we had this two years where two to three days a week, we'd meet for these larger chunks of time, more in the spring, summer, and fall in Michigan. That's where we're at, a little bit less in the winter. And in two years, we did not run into one other kid. Hmm. We're in Metro Detroit. I mean, this is populated. It's grandparents. There's grandparents out on the trails, but there weren't children. And so that was the impetus for me because I had struggled so much as a mother. And my whole experience changed with one slight change. It's not necessarily easy, but the premise of it is simple. And that Mm. change, it changed the whole thing for our kids. And that's when I started to read the books. And I continue to read the books because this is a big fight. This is hard. We have become the gatekeepers. Society used to be set up in a way that protected childhood. And I don't know if that was on purpose or just kind of how it was, but the cartoons ended on Saturday at noon. 
Like, sorry, uh, they're over. And go the, outside now. You know, yeah. yeah. My parents bought us a Nintendo and then sold it. <laughs> so we just it was different. And yeah. you had to. There was nothing to watch on Sundays. Certainly there was no it was like WWF. Who watches that? I don't know. Yeah. Somebody watches. Well, I, I will say that's a very insightful point because I remember Saturday morning, I'd wake up at 5.30 a.m. to get up and be up when the cartoon started, but they did end at noon. Yes. And you could Then it was like, well, I'm not going to watch any of this stuff. It's funny now that there's 24-7 cartoon networking. Wow. Cartoon network, literally Disney Channel, yeah. Disney YouTube. Junior, and iPad yeah. and all the things. Yeah. That's a very insightful point. I hadn't really ever thought about that. And so what happens is the onus is then on the parent, whereas before it was society. And then every other kid who lived anywhere near you, also their screens turned off at noon as well on Saturday. And so there was kids to play with because no one had anything to do. And it wasn't something that the parent had to step in and facilitate. And now it lands on our shoulders. Well, and that's interesting um, because the change for you also was centered around community. And I think that that's such a huge thing because you had a friend who had kids at the same age. You were able to connect with her. And then how how did that work as far as finding other moms that were kind of on the same wavelength as you? What did that look like for you? Isn't that the interesting question? I think you only need a few. Mm-hmm. I do think that friends are extremely important and we still are spending this amount of time outside. So this has been a neat thing because nature, God's creation has worked for the infant as well as for the 15 year old. So I could see also that it will work as we enter adulthood and try and connect in ways that make memories. But there was just a few families that were willing to go. And so if we had this pool of five or six families that were willing to go and spend that time outside, And we just had a text thread and whoever could go would show up. And so there was always at least someone else to play with. Our kids, people ask a lot, like, this is not, I'm not like some outdoorsy person with like hiking poles and and like hiking (laughs) shoes. I bought my first pair of hiking sandals actually to come to Moab. And I'm so glad I did. I wouldn't even be able to walk anywhere. It's like intense hiking there. But it's my first pair. I'm in my 40s. So this is not how, I mean, I grew up like reading Nancy Drew books and playing the piano. So this is really like my foundation. And my kids, be like, oh, your kids must love to go. I'm like, no, my kids don't want to go outside. They want to, <laughs> they want to play the PS5. Is that the yes. one that's out? That's what they want to do. Yes. But yes. they will go. They will drop all of their things if other friends are going to be there. So good. So it's it's kind of that mob that in a good way, mm-hmm. the herd. Yeah. Um, now you, for the parents who are going like, okay, I can think of a park day and a snow day. It's like, but after that, I'm like, I don't know. But I want to point out that you have the Thousand Hours Outside activity book. So it's an entire book full of suggestions for the person who's going like, what am I going to do on day 76? You know, it's like, I'm going to, and and then you also have the original book where it tells the story of, of it all. But in those, there's a lot of different recommendations and, and ways for people to like low barrier options yeah. and activities, right? There are. And in the new book, there were Uh, hundreds of families, but we could only pick 500. 500 families wrote in their favorite thing to do outside in five words or less, and it's in the front cover and the back cover. So that's a pretty special thing too. You're talking about this one right here, right? Yes. Yeah. Right in the front and the back cover. It's pretty neat. That is fantastic. Can we see that? Look at that. 
That's yeah, really that's cool. Really so cool. these are your these are your people. Do you have a name for them? Are they thousand hoursers or anything like that? Or what do you <laughs> yes. call them? Well, we'll we'll adapt that. That sounds like great. One the thousand, thousand hoursers. hoursers. <laughs> well, you have the people using your hashtag is what they're known as, right? There's that's fun <laughs> sure. though. When something takes on a larger life, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, well, I, so, okay, but to that point though, Levi, here's the thing. I want to point out that as a parent, you actually don't have to do anything. And I think that sometimes you just have to let it be and you have to let your kids be bored. There is this woman named yes. Angela Hanscom, right, who wrote a book called Balanced and Barefoot. Is she related to Charlotte Mason? <laughs> no, she no, could she... be. <laughs> She's like the <laughs> extension, like her great, great granddaughter. But she says it can take up to 45 minutes for a kid to develop their play scheme. So that means well, we're going to play pretend. Like you said, we're going to play pirates. We're going to play house. And it takes a long time to figure out, or we're going to play a pickup game of sports. It takes a long time to figure out the rules and who's mm. going to be the all-time pitcher. And we only have seven kids. And what are the bases? And are, well, I don't want to do that. Well, will you do this? And you're... This is all the skills of life is compromise and negotiation. And it can take a long time for kids to develop what they're going to do up to 45 minutes. That's kind of a long time where your kid is saying, I don't know what to do. I'm bored. And you're just going to have to say, it's okay to be bored. Or I trust you'll find something to do. I know you'll figure it out. Those are the things that you say that help get them from this point of contention of being bored to something that really lights them up, that feeds their creativity. And so as a parent, you don't necessarily have to step in and direct. Dr. Peter Gray talks about, he wrote a book called Free to Learn. He talks about, he calls it self-structured play, that the child is structuring it. And there is an issue when a child lives an entire childhood that is mainly adult structured Hmm. and adult directed and then has to step out and figure out life on their own. I think kids really struggle with that. Wow. Okay. I've just been scanning the cover from your thousand hours, Urs. Um, (laughs) And it's so cool to me seeing all these names. I mean, this is a family in Quebec, a family in Ohio, a family in New Jersey. Um, There's lots of different great ones on here, but what's what chasing all the waterfalls, someone says, clearly a TLC fan there. Um, (laughs) This person says falconry. This is this is intense. Uh, yeah, you got three hours. Uh, here's a falcon. Uh, go nuts, children. Um, that has got to be cool for you and surreal for you to see what started as your failure as a mom <laughs> from your lips, not mine. Yeah. Um, struggle as a mom now leading to breakthrough for families all over the yes. world. That's really neat. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very surreal. It's very surreal. Yeah. But really, really cool. Oh, I ran into, we were just at a park, a local park the other day, and a mom was wearing a 1,000 hours outside shirt. And we were over at Lake Michigan. I mean, I ran into people all over the country. In fact, the craziest story is that we went to Hawaii this year for our 20th anniversary. We, we went in March. We took the kids and we did a shark dive thing. And so we're in Hawaii on one of the islands and we go to meet up for a shark dive. We're on a boat with eight people. And this woman walked up and was like, oh, <laughs> I follow you. I listen to your podcast. My husband just <laughs> built a mud kitchen because of the podcast. And she said, and I was super nervous about doing this shark dive thing. And I was asking God for a sign that I made the right decision. And there you were. And I was like, I don't want to be your sign though. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. I don't know how this is going to go. That's too much so pressure. Crazy. I can't be your sign. What if That's the boat goes so down? Great. What's the, mud, what's the story with the mud kitchen? Yeah, the husband built a mud kitchen for her boys because it's a, 
one of those simple things. You put pots and pans out there, a little bit of water, a little bit of mud, and kids can use their creativity. And when you use your senses, that helps the wiring in your brain. So this kids that are making mud pies and mud soup, this is actually education. This is helping wow. with their growth. And I think that's something that no one knew because kids just used to play because that was the only option. And then yeah. all of a sudden when there was these other things that started to fill in the time, no one ever really had that foundation of knowing, oh, play helps kids grow and play helps their minds and play helps their social skills. And so I think we've had to come back to that information so that yeah. we can pull the reins in a little bit. Yeah. Mm. No, it's so incredible because our kids, we have neighbor neighbor kids in the neighborhood and the kids will play with them hours upon hours. But I remember um, there've been times where like they'll do, a lem our kids will do a lemonade stand, but then the, the neighbor kids want to come and work for them and earn money and like be a part of it. And I remember Daisy, our daughter Daisy, telling me that she was learning like how to have hard conversations <laughs> with the neighbors of like, okay, you're not actually doing what I need you to do right now. <laughs> With like, her employees. How amazing. <laughs> yes. I'm like, how amazing is that? She's learning like to have tough conversations yep. with her neighborhoods. But but I love this so much because it's so true as far as their imagination. And I love that you're giving handles for people to hold on to um, with their kids but you're also doing it yourself and you're living it out and you're giving examples and you're um, you're continuing to learn what this is for you. But also you are educated in this. And so mm -hmm. for parents who maybe aren't educated in this to be able to know, oh, okay, this actually is helping with the neural pathways and the, the, all the things. And I think that's just so helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we have to be reminded there's no one reminding us that the simple still works because yeah, everything else is screaming that. so loud. There's mm -hmm. so much content and so many classes and so many extracurricular activities. There's a statistic. This is my favorite one. This we get for you two uh, with the one, one spouse, one spouse that when you dance, so you could go and you could do a dance class together, or salsa or whatever, ballroom dancing. When you dance, elderly people, so as we are getting older, it's like elderly people who dance regularly, have a 76% less chance of developing dementia. 76%. And it's because Levi. when we move in complex ways, it enhances and protects our brain wiring. Wow. That's what kids do. When you let them loose, when you let them play, they move in complex ways and they continue to scaffold into harder and harder things as they grow. And that's what I've learned. So now we have teenagers and they skateboard and they try and do trick shots with the basketball and they're mountain biking, they're doing the, they're canyoneering, they're doing these things that challenge their bodies. And in slow ways throughout the years, they've tried harder and harder things. And that is kind of like what the dancing is, it's complex movement. And so these are lifelong benefits. Wow, wow. that's phenomenal. Wow. Jenny, how has this changed the physical layout of your home? I would imagine mm. um, as you've lived this for a decade now that's that's informed how you've set up backyard playrooms like what how has this l changed the physical setup of of, of the urich household <laughs> well we have one room that's like a store 
<laughs> because he has some products. So it's changed that. But we actually oh, did move you've to got it. Books. You're talking about your inventory of your <laughs> yeah, actual yeah, asset. Our yeah. own things. But on the outside, we did move to a small hobby farm. But what's interesting is that people ask a lot. I would say one of the main questions is, well, what if I live in the city? What if I live in an apartment? And mm. the situation about where you live and what property you have, whether you have a yard or don't have an, a yard, there are pros and cons to each spot. So if you live in the city, Dan Butner, who talks about living to be into your 100s, he's got all the Blue Zones books. He says, live in a place that's walkable. If you can walk to the mm. grocery store, if you can walk to the library, if you can walk to school, that this is going to help with your movement and your outside time throughout your life. So if you live in the city, you've got that benefit. Maybe there's a park you can walk to, a playground. Mm. My brother lives in Brooklyn. So there's a lot of these little playgrounds that you can walk to, but you don't have necessarily, you, you don't have goats, right? I mean, it's a there's give and take. And if you live in a suburb, right. you can't walk to this, but you can let your kids run amok in the neighborhood. And if you live in the country, then you've got space to roam, but you don't have friends. So hmm. with each place that you live, it really changes things. So yeah, we, I mean, I don't know if we made any changes to our actual home, aside from the fact that we've had some merchandise take over on the inside. But, you know, like the kids love hay bales and they like the really simple things that they can use to challenge their own bodies in ways that they learn how to learn for mastery. And hay bales. Cool what do you thing. do with the hay bales? They're just like Jumping. in the backyard. Yeah, Making yeah. They jump out of it. Yeah, they jump from one to one, or they roll on them, or they, you know, they build things with them. So it's the simple things. It's not necessarily the most expensive. No, that's exactly what I was hoping for. So, mm -hmm. like, that's what I mean. Like on a specific level, like having stuff like that in your backyard that is not functionally for anything. Yeah. It's just a fun thing to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't think, you know, I mean, you could have this or have that. The kids are engaged in nature. They're engaged in God's creation. He made it that way. There is a lot of things that they can use that would engage their imagination and they, and they care. They, it all helps them. They carry these heavy logs and that's helping with what's called their proprioception sense, or they, they're shoveling snow. It's each season, each season yeah. offers these different opportunities for growth and engagement. There's a woman named Katie Bowman who has this organization called Nutritious Movement. And she says osteoporosis is a childhood disease that shows up in adulthood. And mm. she says that because oh. kids are meant to jump and land and have impact on their skeletal system. And that is what kids do when they're really small. They're going to jump off of the curb. They're going to climb up onto a very small log. But our kids, as they've gotten older, they're climbing high and they're jumping and they're landing. And each time that impact is building their skeletal system. So we've got a wow. generation of kids that are just, they're sitting. They don't jump mm, enough. Yeah. They need to jump more. <laughs> jump. They need hay bales. They need to jump off the hay bales. Mm -hmm. um, Jenny, I love this. Um, so and good. I love that we're at the beginning of the year. So for all of our yeah. Lusketeers, that's what we call our podcast fam. This is a who have kids or, you know, nieces and nephews, grandkids. It's like a vision of like, hey, let's make 2024 the year of a thousand hours outside. Let's get out there. Let's yeah. move. Let's, let's jump off stuff. Let's paint. Let's make messes. Let's make mud pies. Um, it's still cold though in Montana at the moment as it is in Michigan. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite winter hacks mm, uh, with little question. ones, you know, to rack up the outside time when you're not necessarily skiing or snowboarding, which are, those are great sledding. What are some of the other things that you've learned or seen from your thousand hours on uh, being outside in, in the cold weathers? 
Well, I kind of like this Lesketeers. So I am thinking thousand hours. It doesn't work. <laughs> thousand <laughs> hours club. <laughs> it feels, a little, feels a little, feels a little mile high club. You got oh. it. feels a little <laughs> okay. off. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. I used to dread winter and I wished it away. Even when we were spending a lot of time outside, I read a phenomenal book. It's called, there's no such thing as bad weather by Linda McGurk, which is not true. There is such thing as bad weather, right? <laughs> there's hurricanes and there's blizzards. So it's a little tongue in cheek. Tell, tell that to the person in the tornado, pa- tornado path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No such thing <laughs> as bad no, yeah, weather. Yeah. Yeah. So there are other places in the world, though, that they go outside year round and they just change their clothes. And that's the premise. What I learned from her book and also The Comfort Crisis, and also there's a book by Stephen Ronello called Outdoor Kids in an Inside World. When we step out into a spot that's uncomfortable, we become grittier people and more resilient. Mm. And also, life is not meant to be lived right down the middle. You have to have the extremes in order to feel better. Nothing feels better than going out on a freezing cold day and then coming in and sitting by a crackling fire. It's not the same as if you sat by the crackling fire the whole time. You have to have those extremes. And Stephen Ranella talks about how like when you do these hard things, he people don't like this, but I like this. He says, I tell my kids they're going to do hard things so they can hang out with the cool people when they're older, which whatever. I mean, who really are the cool people? But the, but the point is <laughs> you have things to talk about and you have experiences and you've done stuff so that yeah. you can build relationships and talk about those things. So there's a different perspective on it that the winter maybe is not this gloomy, dreary thing. Maybe there's a lot of opportunity there. So we like to hike. You can see further. You're going to get out. You're going to move your body. Our kids like to sled. They like to shovel. They like to build snow forts. And we like to Mm. freeze things. So you take a bump pan and you put water in it and you fill it with whatever you can find outside, little red berries and pine needles, and you freeze it overnight. Then you go hang it up, put some bird seed in it. We love that. And it shines. The sunlight shines through that ice. Our kids like to find a frozen, small frozen lake and just run on it and try and balance and smash ice all the way. My teens, they literally this week we were on a hike with a bunch of teens and we went over this little boardwalk and it's, this is boring and they're teenagers and they know they should be like playing video games. And all they did was they put their legs out. They're trying to smash the ice with their boots and for like, I mean, an hour. We had to go. I'm like, I, I had to drag no, I them out do that. of there. I'm like, can you tell me where that is? I want to go smash Isn't that, that ice. I love breaking off icicles and eating yes. the tip off of them. Yeah, yeah ooh, all those things. That's bad for you, uh, isn't it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Quit <laughs> judging my journey. Well, let me tell you what changed my life, though. One, what, hap- what started to happen was, because here I am wishing away the winter. We're in Michigan. Mm. I'm wishing it away. My God, I wish I was down in Florida. I'm wishing it away. And then I'm posting because we're still getting outside. And here's what people started this. They started to say, I wish I lived where you live. I was wow. like, oh. The grass is always greener. Yeah, well. yeah, because they saw the snow and they're like, well, my kids aren't getting to do that fun stuff. They're not getting to build snowmen. And we do snow lanterns. So you take a bunch of snowballs and you pile them up like a like a pyramid basically and you put a little tea light in the middle and the whole thing glows you could put them wow. all over your yard there's so many cool things to do in the winter it's amazing you're like mary poppins you a little are. bit just for the record that's amazing <laughs> what can we pull out of the bag i want to hear the caterpillar story okay jenny tell her your terrible story 
Okay, so... Um, this is in Jenny's book, The Fights of Flourish, as long as we're plugging things. She does tell the story in there. <laughs> oh, I better read this one. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, basically, Clover, um, mom fail. She, her birthday's in January, but uh, we didn't plan... I didn't have a birthday party for her until, I think it was March or April. Um, and so, but it was right... Her birthday party that I planned, her January birthday party in <laughs> April, um, I planned it right before our vacation. And so her friends give her, give her all these gifts and it's awesome. There's this one gift that I didn't realize what it was. And it was basically a, a, a <laughs> butterfly farm, like create your own butterfly farm. And so I put all <laughs> in trying to like get things ready for leaving. I just put everything in our like game closet. So everything's in there. Uh, we we had a great vacation. Come back, and then I'm looking when we get back, trying to figure out we do we we do um, homeschool online school, and so I was trying to get all this stuff together, and I found this box that says "Create your own butterfly for, farm," and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> and so I, <laughs> by myself, I put, I grab this box, I open it up, and I find that there was this little plastic container that had. Uh, <laughs> caterpillars in it but they had grown but they had also not grown and so it was just this tiny little plastic container with half grown half dead half zombied uh butterflies and I was just devastated and I had to tell Clover I had to admit this to my family and it was she went really to confession. literally <laughs> one of the worst things and so they came out but had no food and nowhere to go <laughs> <laughs> no water. These poor little zombie butterflies. May they rest in peace. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. So anyways, what not to do. Check and see what your kids' birthday presents are. And if there's anything living away. inside of it that stays in the closet for 10 days. Oh, yeah. So Bless. there you go. We need, we need, we need me, all Lord. this. Okay. So um, do you want to walk us through what, what until the streetlights come on is what the message is? I mean, obviously that harkens to a nostalgic time in America, right? Mm. But Yeah, it does. I mean, people used to play and they used to play a lot and the parents didn't even know where they were. And I think that we have traded this sense of physical freedom and we have turned that in and handed our kids iPhones. So (laughs) what are we doing? There was a time when the society, I think, worked to shield kids emotionally. And I talk about that in the book some too, that grandparents would say, you know, a kid would come in the room, you turn off the radio or, you you know, you're trying to protect your kids emotionally, but they could run amok. They were out at young ages. This Dr. Peter Gray, who I talked about earlier, who wrote Free to Learn, he would walk to the store several blocks away at age four. So society used to be very different. And now what we've done is we're saying, no, our kids can't go anywhere. They're housebound. They're not allowed to go roam or do these different things, but then also we're going to give them the internet at their fingertips at young ages. And so things have really flip-flopped and it's misguided. How do we want to set our kids up for a successful future? The answers are found in the simpler things. And I think we need to know that. We need to know why. We need to know what does it do? What does it do to the body when you're exposed to full spectrum light? And what does it do to the body when you're not exposed to that sunlight and you're only outside for four to seven minutes on average in a day? I mean, we are meant to be, our bodies are meant to be guided by that. The the colors, they change. They change during the day because they're meant to guide our bodies, the different wavelengths. So I think that because parents 
didn't have to know this before. Nobody really knew it. They just sent their kids out the door because all the other kids were out there and there was nothing to do inside. So this is what we did. And then when life fills in, we have to know. That's why I continue to read because I have to know. I have to be... I have to have my resolve increased mm. because you, you get to say no all the time. It's like, no, we're not watching YouTube. No, we're, you know, we're yeah. not doing this or the other thing. And the information helps to remind me that this is my job. This is my task. Uh, Kim John Payne says, when we rescue our kid's childhood, oh, this is so good. He says, when we rescue our kid's childhood, he says, remarkable. Remarkably, inevitably, day by day, we rescue ourselves back in return. Wow. And wow. that's what's happening here. It's not, it's, there's mutual benefit. And as we are parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers who seek to give kids what they need in their childhoods to thrive, it makes the whole family life better as well. So I think that harkens right back to what Levi started off talking about, which is I'm going on this work trip. I'm going to go speak at this conference. There's going to be a lot of time backstage. We're going to be a lot of time waiting around, sound checking. I'm going to also make sure that this there's some balance here and that we're going to do yeah. something fun. And that's a lot of work. And that's a lot of effort to find the thing. And it's a lot of risk. What if it's not fun? Mm. What if it's a waste of money? But we do mm. those things because we're safeguarding childhood. And what's the benefit? The benefit is that our lives are full too. And we're not wasting away on screens as well. And so there was years where parents just stayed inside. That's what the moms used to do. They'd stay inside, the kids would go out. And now we kind of have to do it with them because no one's out in the neighborhood and you've got to make the plans. But mm. it makes your life better too. And you have community too. And it helps everyone from the little ones all the way on up. Okay, so now you've got a 13-year-old's your oldest? 15. 15? Mm-hmm. And how old's your youngest? Seven. Okay, seven. Um, so you're still very much in it. This is not, I mean, it seems like a thousand hours outside was kind of more the, 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 the experiment, what you learned trying it, and now you've kind of like taken some of the best lessons and best practice as well as all the research you've done and presented that in Until the Street Let's Come On. Is that fair? Yes. Yep, Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, okay. it's a plug for a slower life and that we're, we've got it backwards. We, we do. We've got it backwards and kids are suffering. It actually really matters. Kids are suffering. Mm. They are really suffering. They're suffering right now. Like you talked about anxiety, depression, suicide, all of those things. Kids are suffering. They don't have any agency. They don't get to make their own decisions. They're told what to do. And then they go to be adults. There is this woman named Jean Twangy, Dr. Jean Twangy. She is a college professor in California. She wrote a phenomenal book called iGen, which is all about the changes in the different generations. So iGen stands for internet generation. And she says, as a college professor, kids are showing up on college campus and they can't even make simple decisions without texting their parents. Jeez. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And you know, with us, with movement conference, you know, we did this youth conference in Montana and one of our big values is we want kids if, in youth groups to camp out. And we've had so many kids come and they've never slept in a tent before, wow. you know, but just like the value of, like you said, waking up and seeing the stars yeah. and having to go to, you know, the porta potty, like, and then even like the last night of conference this last year, it rained. And like, so like yes. they were waking up and water was coming in the tent and everything had gone wrong and like air mattresses deflating, but that's good. And like, they're going to remember that even if they go home, like, you know, a this little bit like this was, you know, but there, there's something about that that's so good for you on the inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you remember it. Those are the things that you remember. When your life is mundane and you do the same things all the time, it encodes as one memory. But when you add in variations, it makes your life actually feel longer. And nature... That's what it is. It's a constant variation that even just within a week, one week to the next, you go outside in your yard, on your balcony, whatever that you have that you're in the city, you go to the park down the street. It's different. It's different one week to the next. God made it that way to give our life. I mean, it could be all the same, but even in places that are warm, like even in you go to Arizona, you go to Florida, you go to Texas, there is variation there as the months change and the seasons change. And that is a gift, I think, from God oh. that we have this variety in life and new things that we can look forward to and traditions that we can build in. As really, uh, I think it shows the brilliance of our creator. He gave right. us something yeah. simple to help us to raise our kids. And it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. Amen. Well, Jenny, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for um, for being who you are, you're, you're just a bright light. You're a bright ray of sunshine and you're right now encouraging me so much. And I can just feel that you're encouraging everyone who's listening. Cause it's Snowball really, pyramids of light. Yes, what I'm, just, thinking. I'm just taking notes here. Don't mind me. But, um, but this is just so rich. This is so rich. And I think the simplicity and even just the um, the variety and for each family, it's different. And it's not like, oh, do A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. and then you're golden. It's like, no, what's what's God calling your family to? And what's mm-hmm. the the freedom that you have in Christ in as you're leading your family? And I just, I just thank you. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your creativity. Thank you for being willing to um, to share what God's put in you. And and I think also. Um, learning, like you're encouraging me, inspiring me to just keep reading and keep learning and keep growing because there, God has so much for us and there's no end to what he could do in us if we just keep surrendering our lives to him. And so I'm just, I'm personally so grateful for you and your willingness to just spend time with us today and, and just pour some beautiful gold and nuggets and inspiration um, into us. So so grateful for Aww. you. Thank you. That was, I'll play that back on repeat as soon as it goes live. <laughs> <laughs> I still That's appreciate funny. those kind words. Truly. How and actionable. Ac- practical, actionable. Yeah. Uh, we can do this. Yeah, we can like, do this. It, it just, it's not as hard as we're making it seem. We, there's, we don't have to find the, the formula. Like This is actually, we can do this. Yeah, everyone can. Yeah. All right, well, get the books, Thousand Hours Outside, as well as Until the Street Lights Come On. You have a podcast called Thousand Hours Outside as well, where people can subscribe. Where is the website for all things Ginny Urich? <laughs> Here comes my lack of creativity. It's called 1000HoursOutside.com. But what people will find there actually are these free and they're beautiful. It's a printout sheet where people put it right up on their fridge and you color in one space for every hour that you go outside. And there's all different ones that you can choose from. Some people blow them up and put them on their wall, make it real big. What it does is it models to kids how we find balance in an increasingly technological world. It gives us something to celebrate because parents, we can be in this time that's really hazy. Are are we doing a good job? We're not going, I don't know, (laughs) but I can say, Hey, you know what? We spent a hundred hours outside. We're going to celebrate that. And at the end, people make cakes. They're making their kids trophies. It's really special. And it gives us something to celebrate because 
you have built those memories together throughout the year and that is worthy of celebration. This is a tool our kids can take into the rest of their lives as they are striving to put a balance between screens, digital, you know, real life and virtual life. And that's on there. There's a lot on the website and we have an app too. It's called the 1000 Hours Outside app. It's been a number one app in in all paid apps. Number one. We don't even know what we're doing. What What does the app do? What do you do? So it's got a timer feature on it and a journal. So you keep track of your time and it adds it up. It sends you a badge when you hit these different milestones. And then you can keep a little journal with some pictures of what you've done for day to day. We're adding a map feature for 2024 because a lot of times people are saying, well, I'm traveling here, traveling there. What's a cool place to go for a family? Mm. And so that'll be some user generated content and a good resource there. So that's what we got. But it all has the same name. <laughs> 1,000 hours. Well, that's outside. actually good. I feel like yeah. that's helpful because I know for me, I need repetition. So just to know that the one stop shop, 1,000 mm-hmm. hours outside, like that's yeah. just and it's helpful. So brand that's, consistency. So that's, it, it may is. not be like, you may great. not be thinking that it's like out of the box, but that's actually really good. That's really yeah. helpful. <laughs> okay. What about this? Um, what mm-hmm. crazy adventures do you have cooking? Because obviously you do your normal stuff daily. And I like that you're not saying everybody has to go on a, you know, blah, 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 skydiving with sharks in a, you know, whatever. You're saying like, this can happen in your apartment. This You can go yeah. to the place. So, but but you also do, because of what you're doing now, You companies are bringing you in to try these different activities out. So what, what crazy things do you have in the works? Ooh, mm, that's a good question. I would say that the majority of our time is just right around our home, the simple things in and out. And there is a lot of power in that. We have nothing... <laughs> for the new year except for conferences and we try and do the same thing as you where we go and we try and do something fun in the area so my mind is going real quick where we're going we go to florida so we do okay we speak at this conference in florida in orlando uh, for the past couple years it's called fpea it's a homeschool conference and it's the biggest one in the world i think um, I'm actually oh. keynoting last year is my third year keynoting this one. So it's super fun. But anyway, we drive down and right when you cross over the border into Florida, so you take 75 South, we're from Michigan, is so that you're going to the other side of the country. There is a, they call it, it's like America's best swimming hole. And it is called Madison Blue Spring State Park. And every year when we drive, we get off the highway, it's 15 minutes and we go and we swim around in this stunning swimming hole. So we love to go to the springs in Florida. That's kind of stuff that we've already done. I've got nothing, Levi. You need new things. You You need new things. Well, Levi is knowing where we go. I like it like like in the most random, like we were just on a tour and we ended up like every day in the city you're in, like what's here? You know, Cleburne, Texas. Texas. Like who's ever heard of Cleburne? But turns out there's like a model train museum, you know, that apparently it was the first city in Texas to have a train yard before Dallas or Fort Worth. So like they have this crazy train museum. So it's like, we're all going to the train museum, you know, it's like, so the more random, the better, but like that stands out to me over some of the cities that we didn't find anything necessarily to do in, or there was, Mm -hmm. we were busier that day. Whereas like anything, like you said, that's just random and quirky. They had Mm a, one of the cities had a, a, a root beer museum, 40 different flavors of root beer you could try. Like those wow. things, 
it's just different. Yeah, and you, yeah. like you said, you're you're laughing, you're making memories, you're off your phones. Yeah. Um, last question before I know we're going to let you go here, but what do you what do you do with screen time? Any principles you've learned or um, figuring out? Because I'm sure there are mm. hours that you allow, you know, whatever, whatever. Yes. Okay, that's a really good question because it's a question that every family is dealing with. In fact, I've heard it is the top question. It is the biggest source of contention for families today is how do we handle screen time? So we have taken the 1980s approach, which is bounding it in. There is time when you're allowed to be on screens and time when it's not available. And it has worked really, really well for our family because it allows us to be a family that says yes. So a kid says, I want to watch a movie. I want to play a video game. Can I? Like, yes, on Saturday morning. <laughs> and it it, just, uh... it works really well. And I think it's just stealing from how society used to be that there were boundaries on it. And we could live in a way today that has no boundaries at all. I mean, kids, they say we're consuming digital media 11 to 13 hours a day. I just read that in a book by Michael Easter. It's called The Scarcity Brain. Is it 11 to 13 hours? It's it's like the whole day. So yeah, but here's the thing. Our best days, our very best days are the ones where we run out of time for screens and kids want to play on their screens. They want to play. I want to watch YouTube or whatever they want to do. And it's bedtime. And we just had yeah. a full day with community, with nature, with God's creation, with hands-on living, with baking bread, inside, outside, playing games, whatever. And we just run out of time for it. And so yeah. our goal for our family is to fill our lives, fill it up, fill yeah. it up with the fill good things God has to offer. Wow, does he have so much. I mean, everything yeah. from like, I mean, we like to cross stitch. I mean, like, that's <laughs> fun. So you fill it up with Love that. It. You fill it up with those good moments that you remember. And oh, we just, we ran out of time for screens today. They'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. But have Love you it. done a cold plunge? You, you cross stitch, but have you cold plunged? Yes, we know. Yes, because we live near Lake Michigan. So cold okay. plunge is something. But I have never done, and my friend has a sauna right next to a pond. So this is actually on my list of things to do is to do. Have you ever done that? I always see people oh, like yeah. you go oh. on the sauna first. Yes. Oh, this is Levi's love language. Yeah, I'm a big (laughs) thermal cycler. So we do the, we we go hot tub, cold plunge into the hot sauna, and then you cycle it and you're cheering each other on and making fun of the noises that your wife makes when she gets in the cold plunge. And <laughs> Jenny speaks in tongues every single time. Every single time. I, I could imagine, Jenny, you would have some nice vocalizations yes. in the cold plunge as we well. We need to do that. We need to this do can that be the together. thing. This can be the thing that we do. Yes. Yeah. Well, we are grateful. So grateful. Uh, we point everyone to your resources. I think this is exactly what parents in the 21st century need to need. be called to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a time machine of of, of, of sorts yeah. and, and in a good way. So um, thank you for thank your ex- you. example, for your resources, and that we get to know you. We look forward to the next time we get to interact. Yeah. Thanks. Jenny, I'm going to read your book. That'll be next on my list. We'll so- send you one. We'll send you a copy yeah. of The Fight I can add it yeah. to my. I can add it to my stack. <laughs> well, Jenny, thank you. Thank so much you. For having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to swing by levilusco.com and jennylusco.com to see what's going on in our world. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And in the meantime, we would love to connect with you on social media. Jenny Jenny and Levi Levi Lusco, Lusco, out. out.